Hi, and welcome to the Yak Fantasy Football Podcast. Yak is in yakking, like talking too much, and also like yards after catch. It's a double entendre, guys. I'm Ted, and today I'm going to finally get into my rookie wide receiver rankings from the 2023 NFL Draft. I've gone over quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers I've been putting off for a while, trying to get through them. There are just so many wide receivers in this class, so many wide receivers that either got drafted or went undrafted to teams. So it's been a process to work through them, but I'm finally done, done putting it off. Um, Also have to apologize for not putting out an episode last week and for this one to be late this week. Uh, Last week, I just still wasn't done with the wide receiver rankings and I just wanted to sit down, finally get them done and get it over with, and I did earlier in the week after I would have normally recorded. And for this week, Tuesday was 4th of July. I was out of town, just really didn't work out. You know, I'm sure most people who listen to this realize, all five of you, uh, that I'm just a guy doing this for fun, and, you know, I can record this when I can. I try to be weekly, but... I'm not doing this for a living. I'm not doing it for anything out of my own pleasure and to, you know, share something with some other people. But, uh, yeah, so finally got through them. And with that, I'm going to do part of the rankings today and part of the rankings for tomorrow. So there will be two episodes this week because it's such a long list. And I wanted to make up for the fact that there was a missed episode last week and this one was late this week. So, uh, you know, get ready for two episodes in a row the next two days here, going through the wide receiver rankings for rookies. By the way, sorry if you hear a loud noise. It's probably my air conditioning. There's a vent right above me and uh, can't really turn it off today on a 90 plus degree day. Otherwise, my family would probably leave me, and uh, that wouldn't be good. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, again, every time I go through these, I have to mention, as we work through the post-draft rookie rankings for any position, but specifically wide receiver here, just a reminder of what goes into these rankings. First thing is my pre-draft rankings, which are based on the skills and traits that the wide receivers displayed in college, And how those project to the NFL. So, anyway, the next thing I look at is the opportunity for playing time. Which situations offer the most clear path to playing time for these rookies? The last thing I look at is supporting cast. Which teams provide the most support around the wide receiver? Whether it's other receivers that can take away coverage. Whether it's a great quarterback throwing to that wide receiver. Whether it's a great running game that will cause the defense to stack the box and allow some one-on-one coverage for these wide receivers. Anything that goes into what makes a great offense and what makes a great opportunity for these rookie receivers. So with the criteria out of the way, let's dive into the rankings and why I have the guys ranked where I do. And like I said before, I'm going to split this into two episodes. So what I'm going to do today, as I do with every one of my episodes for rookie rankings... I have buckets that I put players into, tiers if you will, and I'm going to go through the first two and a half tiers. 
what that means is I'm going to go through the first two tiers and then half of the second tier because there are a lot of players in that second tier. I want to split this up because this is going to be a long process going through these rankings. I don't want this to be a long-winded, drawn-out episode that you're going to lose interest in here. So what I want to do is I'm going to go through half of them now and then I'm going to refresh really quickly just where the other guys that I mentioned today stand in tomorrow's episode. And without going into detail on them though. And then go into detail on the rest of the guys in the rankings. So, for my buckets or tiers if you will. I have first starting outside wide receiver. Then I have starting slot wide receiver. Then I have path to playing time. Next tier is upside. And then I have Sleeper. So the first two tiers, take them with a grain of salt as far as the order that I have these in because they don't necessarily reflect where I necessarily see these players because I, I have them grouped by whether they're a starting outside receiver or a starting slot receiver because I want to give everybody the ability to differentiate and decide for themselves based on the offense that they're going to, based on the situation that they're going to. This guy might be a starting out outside receiver, but maybe he's got another really good outside receiver and a good slot receiver there that'll take targets away from him. So, you know, just because, you know, just an example, but for the most part, a lot of people think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the top receiver in this draft class. Uh, I'm not going to say whether I agree with that right now. We'll get into that very quickly here. But he projects as a starting slot receiver. So I have him in that second bucket. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have him below the guys that I have slotted above him in the starting outside receiver. It's just how it projects right now as we stand right now based on the situations, based on the draft capital, based on the talent. So without further ado, let's get into that first tier, starting outside receiver. The first one I have in that tier is Jordan Addison, who was drafted by Minnesota in the first round. This guy, he separates consistently at all levels. He's proven to be able to handle a high-volume workload. He's got good spatial awareness. He's great at yards after catch. He's not necessarily a home run threat. In size limits his physicality on the outside and blocking, but he has good hands, does suffer from concentration drops from time to time, but he does have the draft capital, he has the ability, he has the proven production. So I like Jordan Anderson here. I like the situation he's going to with Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball, Kevin O'Connell's offense, and Justin Jefferson on the outside, on the other side of him. So I think it's a great situation for him. I think he slots in as the number two starting wide receiver on the outside for the Vikings from day one. The next guy I've got in this bucket, and it's the last guy I've got in this bucket because there are only two in my eyes that right now as we stand before training camp start are going to slot right in as starting outside receivers. Quinton Johnston, who went to the LA Chargers in the first round. Johnston has a good combo of speed and quicks for his size. He's great at yards after catch. That's his biggest plus for him. He has trouble consistently beating press co man coverage, and he's inconsistent when it comes to catching. He's kind of a body catcher sometimes, especially when it comes to contested catches. So he has some of that to work on. 
but he goes into a good situation. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator for LA. He's got Justin Herbert throwing to him. He's got two other proven good wide receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, respectively. Mike Williams on the outside, Keenan Allen in the slot as the other starters with him. So I think he's a day-one starter for this team. He's an instant upgrade over Josh Palmer, I believe it is, that was previously the number three there. Uh, But again, he does have some stuff to work on. I'm not the biggest fan of Quentin Johnston, but I do see the talent. I do see the upside. He just has some skills that he really needs to hone and work on. So, in my next tier... I have the starting slot receivers. And this guy, kind of what I was alluding to earlier, he is my number one receiver in this draft class, and that's really probably to the shock of pretty much nobody. He was pretty consensus, the top guy. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who went to Seattle in the first round. This guy, great route runner who's smooth and understands spatial awareness. He can work at all levels of the field. He's not overly explosive, but he's fast enough. He won mostly from the slot, which is where he projects in the NFL anyway. And while he has an outside skill set, obviously he projects as a slot receiver based on what he's done previously, and he does have a little bit of size that projects there as well, too. Uh, He lacks the reps outside as well in college, um, and he battled some injuries last year. Obviously, he had a season-ending injury, but he was still talented enough to be drafted in the first round by Seattle. Uh, the situation isn't as good as you would have hoped for Jackson Smith and Jigba as far as target share in his first year. But when you look at the fact that he's got a revitalized Geno Smith throwing to him, he's got Tyler Lockett and... DK Metcalf on the outside respectively around him two very talented receivers who have been super consistent thousand yard guys year after year slotting him right in as a starter in this offense is a no-brainer it just limits his ceiling a little bit for his rookie year I think having these two really solid guys there but I think he'll grow quickly in that offense and I think there's an opportunity for him to take more target share if say Tyler Lockett leaves the team next year as a, not necessarily a free jam. I think he's under contract, but I think they have a way out of his contract and he is getting older. But yeah, Njigba is my top wide receiver in the starting slot and I'll admit top overall, but because I put these in buckets and because I feel the need to separate these and tier them appropriately based on what I think they're going to do, that's where I have him here. My next guy is Zay Flowers, who went to Baltimore in the first round. This guy's great in space and at yards after catch. He can threaten all levels of the field. He lacks mass, has some drop issues. Uh, Those especially popped up last year for him. He's competitive at the catch point and had a high contested catch rate, which is really impressive for a guy his size. Uh, He might be a slot only, which he does project to be the slot receiver for Baltimore here. Uh, And he faced a lot of free releases in college, but he'll continue to face that in the slot in Baltimore. So that's not really a concern of mine, projecting him to the pros. I think Zay Flowers might have a better chance than Njigba to kind of take some target share here because Lamar Jackson, even though he's got talent, Rashad Bateman has battled injuries his entire time. 
and they just brought in OBJ, and OBJ is great, but we also haven't seen him for over a year playing in any way, shape, or form. We don't know where he is rust-wise, health-wise, anything like that, if he's lost a step, anything, because he did tear his ACL in the Super Bowl with the Rams. So... You like how it looks on paper, but if those two pieces don't work out as well as you'd hope, Zay Flowers might have a chance to really take that target share and run with it. So I I like him as an upside play here. He's definitely worth a first-round pick in your dynasty rookie drafts. And uh, yeah, aside from the drop issues, I really don't have much to complain about when it comes to Zay Flowers. And my third guy and last guy in this starting slot receiver tier, as it sits right now, these are going to be adjusted as we go. We'll find out way more as we go with training camps and the preseason and everything like that when we hear things out of camp and how guys are progressing. Jaden Reed, who went to Green Bay in the second round. Reed can line up in a variety of spots. He has good yak ability. He has value as a kicker turner. He's best when given the ball in space in front of with space in front of him. He's good at catches in traffic, but doesn't really extend his arms enough to present a great catch radius consistently. I'm not the biggest fan of Jaden Reed, but you can't argue with the fact that A, he's got the draft capital being drafted in the second round, and B, he's going to a situation where there's a lot of inexperience at receiver outside of just him. And between the draft capital and the inexperience and trying to provide a weapon for Jordan Love and how he profiles as a starting slot receiver, I like Jaden Reed as maybe a late second round pick for me. Maybe other people would draft him earlier. I'm just not a huge fan of his overall profile, but a lot of the positives are pointing in his direction when it comes to the investment and the opportunity. All right, now we kind of drift into a more unsure territory here, which is the path to playing time tier, and this will shape up as the offseason progresses, but right now it's kind of unclear based on how depth charts sit right now going into training camps. Veterans usually get the benefit of the doubt early on before rookies prove themselves. These guys have an opportunity. They might seize that opportunity, But until they do right now, I'm going to keep them in the path to playing time category here. So my first guy in the path to playing time tier is Jalen Hyatt, who was drafted by the New York Giants in the third round. He's an explosive athlete with with a vertical skill set. He's elusive, able to adjust in and out of breaks. Coming from a spread offense, and he only has one year of production and a slender build. Uh, But he wins mostly from the slot. He does have to develop his route tree a little bit, but the routes he does run are very good. I like his explosiveness. I like the routes that he does run already and how he wins. I know it was only one year of production, but that production was fantastic. And you just really can't argue with what you watch with Jalen Hyatt. So I like him going to this Giants offense where there's really no proven talent on the outside at receiver. And he can play... On the outside and in the slot, he is a little smaller, again, but he has the speed to beat guys, and if they put him in the slot more often than that, he'll get free releases more often. So I like where he projects in this offense, but until he actually proves it, 
There's some other veterans there that at least have, I think, the claim to uh, the first reps in camp when it comes to the starting receiver position. After Hyatt, I've got Jonathan Mingo, who's going to Carolina in the second round. This guy uses strength and size to play through press. He's tough to tackle after the catch. He lacks deep speed and doesn't really pluck the ball at the high point. Not the biggest Mingo fan, but there's draft capital. There's opportunity here. Really, the only guys that they have that are proven, and they're coming into a new offense, are Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. So Chark profiles as an outside receiver. Thielen profiles as the starting slot receiver. Mingo profiles as the other guy on the other side. But right now, the incumbent is Terrace Marshall. I don't expect him to hold on to that for very long. He really hasn't done anything, and a lot of advanced metrics say that he wasn't even really necessarily a victim of bad quarterback play. He was, but he also didn't help himself. The advanced metrics don't say that he was a superstar in the waiting and he was only held back by quarterback play. So I like Jonathan Mingo's opportunity here, even if I'm not the biggest fan of the skill set. Next, we have Marvin Mims, who was drafted by Denver in the second round. He's got great vertical separation ability. He had 20-plus yards per catch last in the last two years. He's got good vision in the open field, quickness to create after the catch, has route-running ability, but needs to expand the route tree. I like Mims quite a bit. The opportunity might not be there right away, though, because they have Jerry Judy, they have Cortland Sutton, and they have Tim Patrick. Maybe if Tim Patrick isn't looking good coming back from the ACL tear. But I think, again, here, there are enough, there's enough of a veteran presence here to at least have this guy wait in the wings and develop before he's pushed into a starting role. And we'll see if that develops down the stretch here of the offseason. My next guy here, and this might surprise people based on the draft capital, but I like this guy quite a bit based on his profile, is Xavier Hutchinson, who was drafted by Houston in the sixth round. He can play inside and outside. He's got a varied release package. He can win with speed, quickness, strength. He's a great ball tracker with body control and 50-50 ball appeal. He lacks top-end speed, but... That's not the end-all be-all, especially for a guy who profiles as a guy who's a good route runner and a size 50-50 ball receiver. So I like Hutchinson quite a bit. I was shocked that he went in the sixth round. Uh, I had gotten to him before the draft and uh, was really taken aback by that. But, you know, the NFL tells you where they value these guys. I think the big outside starting receiver who can win at the catch point is being a little bit devalued right now uh, compared to guys who can win with quick twitch and uh, free release if you get them in motion starting from the slot um, you know you don't see guys like Des Bryant for the most part in the current NFL being the guys that are highly sought after especially when you look at this class too a lot of starting slot receivers as they profile from the college to the NFL in this draft class in particular. So I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle here. I think he has an opportunity in Houston. They don't really have much competition there, but they do have some vets. They have Robert Woods, who's probably the starting slot receiver there. Tank Dell was just drafted to be a potential future starting slot guy. 
but I think Robert Woods has that until proven otherwise. Um, then you've got Nico Collins, but he's another guy kind of like Terrace Marshall who I don't really know that he's proven anything other than that. Uh, he's definitely had bad quarterback play, but he really hasn't elevated beyond that, kind of put up the same stats he did last year. I think there are more advanced metrics that suggest that Nico Collins might break out or be better than what the stats tell you, at least from the box score perspective. But I think there's opportunity here. There's not a ton of talent at receiver for Houston. And if Hutchinson can grasp onto that and seize it, he could really surprise some people. I like him as a fourth-round pick, or if he goes undrafted in your leagues as a waiver wire pick up the stash on your taxi squad. Next, I have Josh Downs, who was drafted by Indianapolis in the third round. Very good route runner out of the slot, but lacks physicality to consistently win outside and effectively block. Maybe a slot only, excels at yak, has surprising ball skills in contested, in contested situations for his size. So, the concerns with him are he can't really play on the outside, but he already profiles as a slot receiver, so... Why would you do anything different with him? And you are going into a situation in Indy where you've already got two solid starting outside receivers in Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. So it's really not even messing with anything there. There's no redundant skill sets here. There's opportunity here. Currently, Isaiah McKenzie is probably the uh, guy who's going to get the first reps starting for camp because he's a veteran slot receiver. But... I'm a Bills fan. I've seen enough of Isaiah McKenzie to know that he's not a true starting slot receiver. He's more of a gadget player. And the moment that Josh Downs takes any sort of control of this race and competition for the slot receiver role, I think he's going to seize it. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be pretty early on showing that he's going to be a starting slot receiver in the NFL for the Colts. Next we have Tyler Scott. He was drafted by Chicago in the fourth round. Good speed with ability to get behind the defense. Good route pace and smooth cuts. Has some drop issues due to grip strength. He's an outside receiver in college, and he didn't play much in slot in the slot in college, but he might profile there based on his size. I liked him quite a bit. Again, it mentions that uh, he had some drop issues due to grip strength, but... I don't know, I feel like that might be more of something that you'll have to deal with on the outside than you would in the slot. I don't think you'll have to worry too much about grip strength from the slot with free releases. It's pretty crowded in Chicago right now at receiver, but I can see a world where Chase Claypool, you know, continues to really do nothing like he did last year, both in Pittsburgh and Chicago, and he can really seize an opportunity here. My next guy is Rasheed Rice, who was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round. He's got good height and length, frequently makes guys miss after the catch, makes good adjustments. He's a good route runner, but needs to expand his route tree. He had drop issues despite his above-average ball skills, uh, more concentration drops than anything, it seemed. He can play the slot and the outside, but he also needs to adjust to a pro-style offense. I like Rice. He didn't test well. He also has the drop issues coming out of college, so a lot of people are down on him. Um, I'm not the highest on him ever, but 
Uh, going to an explosive offense like Kansas City, I could see them maximizing his skill set. I don't think he'll be ready to start right away. And at the same time, though, I don't think the competition in front of him, whether you're looking at Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, or Sky Moore, is really all that daunting. So there's a path for him to get some real playing time in this offense. And if he can progress faster than Sky Moore did last year, there's a real chance at him being a pretty quality mid-round steal for you in your rookie drafts. My next guy here is Michael Wilson. He's an inside-outside versatile receiver, has yak ability. He's a blend of height, weight, and speed. He has a limited release package, and he had season-ending injuries in 2020 and 2022 with limited production. So there are some things to worry about here. You're intrigued by the physical profile, but... Again, the injuries and the limited production are concerns, but there might be an opportunity here. Right now, there are guys who slot in ahead of him just based on tenure, but with DeAndre Hopkins no longer there, them needing a guy who's the kind of 50-50 size guy who can go up and pluck it out of the air like D-Hop used to do, there's an opportunity here. And Arizona is probably in tank mode this year with Kyler Murray hurt for most of the year. And uh, you could probably see Clayton Toon throwing a lot of 50-50 balls to Michael Wilson to see what they have in these guys and develop them as the year really gets out of hand for Arizona this year. All right, and my last guy for today, I'm starting, I'm stopping halfway through this Path to Playing Time tier again so I can split this into two episodes, give you more content and not bore you out of your skull in one sitting here. And this last guy I'm going to mention here before I go on this episode is Don Tavian Wicks, who was drafted by Green Bay in the fifth round. He's a vertical wide receiver with great ball skills. He's a tough competitor. He has a good release package, had drops and ball security concerns in college, and sometimes a body catcher with modest yak ability. For a guy who was drafted in the fifth round and going to a fairly wide open wide receiver room, I like the opportunity here for Wicks. I don't necessarily know if he seizes the opportunity here, but based on the skill set and based on the fact that it's going to be a very young team, especially on offense with Jordan Love throwing to guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs from last year, but now these new guys, whether it be Jaden Reed or Tavian Wicks, I think there's a real opportunity for some of these guys who were drafted later by Green Bay to make a name for themselves. And there's really no veteran presence there that's really going to challenge these guys. So I think I, it could be a situation kind of like Arizona. I think the team overall for Green Bay is way more uh, complete than Arizona's is. They, they have a really good defense on paper. I know uh, Packers fans want Joe Barry. Uh, drawn and quartered but uh, that's neither here nor there but at least there's more talent there I guess is my point but I could see things going similarly on offense for Arizona where you're really just trying or for Green Bay as Arizona we're just really trying to see what you have in all these guys is Jordan Love going to be the guy at quarterback can these receivers make a name for themselves and separate themselves for the rest of the guys and prevent you from drafting new receivers in the next year or going out and getting 
veteran competition for them. So I like Wicks for a fifth round pick here in Green Bay. All right, so that'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in to my post-draft rookie wide receiver rankings for Dynasty. If you liked what I had to say, disagreed with what I had to say, or have your own rankings to share, hit me up on Twitter at YakFantasyPod. So remember, there's going to be a second episode of the rookie wide receiver rankings for the second half of them. That's going to drop tomorrow, so you'll get this one, and you'll get another one tomorrow, so you'll get two episodes this week, making up for missing a week and being late on this one. And then next week, I'll tell you at the end of this next episode that's coming up for this week what we're going to be doing for next week. But if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and catch you on the next one.